So what exploded in the immediate aftermath of uh, the lockdown was inequality on full display in television and in print media and uh, you know all around us and and I think what I what the thought in my mind was that it took a pandemic for us to awaken to the problem of inequality in India you know this I'm talking about uh, news media that otherwise um, very conveniently omits a mention of the poor migrant in the city you know it it's usually focused on um, the elites the politicians the celebrities and and news uh, around that Hey Agrimam ma'am um, and hello everybody. Welcome to Different Boat Same Storm. Um, my name is Atharv. And my name is Abe. And this is a podcast aimed at kindling empathy amidst the global pandemic. Thank you so much for being with us today, Agrimam ma'am. Um, and we're delighted to have you with us today. And you and I go long back uh, before this. Um, it's been almost three years now um, when we met. Um, at a conference um, which was very much like this podcast and that it was trying to bring people together and engage in conversations and dialogue. Um, so you and I go way back. And I know because of that that you go by many titles and many roles. So I'm going to let you take that on and introduce yourselves um, to our audience. Okay, thank you uh, very much, uh, Atharv, uh, Abe, and uh, Eli, who's going to be joining us later. Um, let me begin by congratulating, uh, you know, the three of you on this excellent endeavor, um, starting this uh, video podcast series, you know, Different Boat, Same Storm. Um, I think uh, it's an excellent uh, initiative, and I'm very grateful that uh, you've invited me today to share my thoughts um, and uh, keep it up. Uh, so, uh, by way of an introduction, I am uh, a senior educational consultant um, here in India. I work with schools and colleges, organizations to design enrichment programs for um, young people, students, faculty members, um, staff members at organizations. Uh, I look at education policy in India in particular, but um, as I like to say in all of my introductions, uh, you know, I'm also um, a daughter, a wife, a friend and a mentor um, to, to many and uh, you know a passerby and a stranger to all those who uh, cross my path so um, uh, that's uh, my introduction now i know that as as a member of um, one of your workshops i know how dependent they are on engagement and interaction and collaboration um, and i'm assuming that with this pandemic that must all have changed and I'm wondering how that has changed because I, for one, cannot imagine how YLC would have worked out had it been over a Zoom call instead of us being there in person. So I'm very curious to hear how that is looking like right now. Um, yes, uh, I think that's a good observation. Uh, of course, uh, you know, physical distancing norms uh, that have come into place. 
leading to lockdowns across the world, making it difficult for us to connect uh, in person, um, loses out on the human touch, uh, the face-to-face -face interactions, uh, you know, the encouragement, the engagement, the debate, the discussion that we have when we meet each other. Um, however, I think uh, online uh, technology or online education uh, mode that most of uh, you know the schools and colleges have moved towards um, is proving to be both uh, a boon and bane. Uh, you know, in in this pandemic, um, I have been taking uh, workshops um, online, and of course, the movement that I like during a workshop, you know, or the field immersion, the experiential learning component, um, is uh, not a component that I can fully unleash when I'm online. But a lot of the aspects of facilitation where um, I am keen on listening to the students, to the faculty members, to organizational staff members really share their hearts, pour their thoughts out, you know, um, self-reflect, uh, do activities. I, I'm able to maintain that uh, during online sessions as well with 70 to 100 um, uh, students uh, and members at one time. But uh, there is no doubt uh, that um, uh, the face-to-face -face conversations and, and what that does, uh, uh, you know, is, um, is something that we we, we all are missing uh, during this uh, pandemic. Mm. And you bring up that that loss of human connection. Yes. So here in, you know, across Canada, especially in BC, Ela and I had the experience where we went into a lockdown, but it seemed like the world was still running to a small extent. India, yeah. on the other hand, what had one of the most strict lockdowns in yes. the entire world. Can you talk yeah. about, you know, being you're based in Delhi, um, yes. Can you talk about being in the heart of India? What was that experience <laughs> like having everything just completely closed down? And what was that impact on you and the people that you know? Sure. So, um, you know, interestingly, as far as I'm concerned, um, I have always preferred um, to work from home as a consultant because a lot of my work requires thinking, reading, writing um, and uh, solitude at home gives me that kind of, uh, you know, that's the fertile soil in which I thrive. So for me, it wasn't a big change to work from home. However, uh, people I know, organizations I've uh, previously been a part of, um, you know, and friends and family, um, extended family members as well, have found uh, the lockdown very challenging. Uh, people are so used to uh, waking up in the morning, uh, you know, showering, leaving for work, and then spending the day over there and then coming home that now that they were at home, uh, you know, in the face of their families, uh, you know, there were a lot of um, adjustments uh, that had to be made. Uh, you know, there were uh, tempers flaring. Uh, there was um, a lot of um, uh, gender dynamic uh, uh, on display because um, you see, you have men and women as working professionals. Um, women, a lot of women who had to be at home and uh, take care of their professional work and take care of the 
uh, household responsibilities, um, uh, I think uh, felt extremely burdened uh, by the lockdown because uh, also uh, uh, young couples uh, who I know uh, and even, uh, you know, not so young couples whose children uh, were not going to school anymore because of the schools shutting down. Now you have to take care of your work, you have to take care of work at home and you have to take care of your kids. Um, I think it proved to be um, uh, quite a stressful experience for a lot of uh, individuals. However, we also heard stories uh, of uh, men rising to the occasion and, you know, uh, taking to the kitchen and taking care of uh, kids in the most wonderful manner. So I think that was really heartening to learn that, you know, uh, that kind of um, uh, caregiving responsibility, which we usually do not um, uh, you know, give uh, a lot that much priority to uh, was being shared by men and women uh, equally. Uh, also, one of the highlights was that a lot of families uh, got to spend a lot of quality time together. You know, otherwise we are so busy running our rat race uh, that we don't get that kind of time with our families. So um, I know for a fact that my own father, who is a neurosurgeon and um, has been working for years, uh, you know, and going to his clinic and tending to patients, he was at home for the first time and and spending the kind of quality time that my mother would have liked him to spend a lot more so we were really happy that he's home but he eventually had to open his clinic pretty early on because you cannot say no to to patients with head injuries road accidents uh, you know whatnot and an interesting insight that he gave us was that uh, there were fewer cases of road accidents because hey um, uh, you know uh, there were travel restrictions so uh, but other than that, I think I ha what I've just mentioned is is related to the privileged classes. Uh, but um, what India should have thought through is that it is a country um, uh, with a great class divide, uh, with uh, deep uh, inequality running uh, very deep, and when. Uh, the Prime Minister came on uh, television and announced the lockdown. Uh, that was about 8 p.m., uh, uh, you know, in the last week of March, around the 24th of March. And he said that within four hours, the lockdown is to be imposed. So in four hours, you know, you saw people scampering to the markets and... Um, stockpiling and really you know filling their uh, refrigerators uh, uh, in in a hurry but what we did not think through is how this severe lockdown was going to impact the teeming millions um, across the city uh, who are um, not living in the safe uh, comforts that we're living in, who are not cushioned by incomes, uh, the kind that uh, we are earning, who uh, are perhaps homeless, uh, you know, across the world, in fact, not just uh, here, who are uh, migrants to this city and are paying uh, rents um, through daily wage earning. So when business is shut, uh, you're not earning your daily wages, you're not filling your stomachs, how do you take care of your families, where do you get your next two meals from. So what exploded in the immediate aftermath of uh, the lockdown was inequality on full display 
in television and in print media and uh, you know all around us and and i think what i what the thought in my mind was that it took a pandemic for us to awaken to the problem of inequality in india you know this i'm talking about uh, news media that otherwise um very conveniently omits a mention of the poor migrant in the city you know it it's usually focused on um the elites the politicians the celebrities and and news uh, around that uh, so you now had you initially had the media putting the spotlight on a lot of migrants who were walking back home now they have homes miles and miles and kilometers away and no transport was arranged uh, for them and that was one of the biggest mistakes which the government realized uh, maybe 40 50 days after uh, two rounds of lockdown starting special trains uh, starting flight services starting you know transport services by that time we had seen some hard breaking visuals of people young kids um uh, uh you know uh, migrant workers men women families trudging back home some of them lost their lives uh, while traveling back home and uh, you know the it was a tragedy it was really a humanitarian crisis uh, it still is um that these were people who had come to the cities with so much hope um uh, you know this was the the cities uh, delhi mumbai bangalore um uh, uh, you know uh, calcutta these are the cities that they had hoped from these were the greener pastures and these cities failed them failed to even provide them or shelter them during uh, you know this pandemic so what we really saw and continue uh, to see uh, were heartbreaking visuals of uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, these migrants who actually fuel uh, uh, the service economy um being abandoned uh by uh the their cities and their states and uh, walking back home desperate to to seek uh, comfort and two meals uh you know and and perhaps the love of their uh families uh and and that was uh very challenging and continues to be a challenge even as we talk uh initially i was optimistic about the fact that since we are um experiencing this collectively um yeah there will be a lot more understanding uh from our politicians and our policy makers and from society mm-hmm. in general um and with all the media attention that it was getting initially uh that's what mm-hmm. i was hopeful for but then given how quickly it has suddenly just moved away from that um yeah. and it's become so inherently politicized makes me wonder if there's any hope at all about things getting better or rather I'm concerned that they might just get worse. Sure. So um yeah, that's a valid uh, observation, you know, one of the things uh that is been extremely striking uh is the indifference towards the suffering amongst the middle classes the upper middle classes um the wealthy um uh you know individuals in in the society and uh after, remember we live in a sound bite society where um you know uh 24 never seven uh, news is is a cycle that you have to fill and and uh, you know uh, air time is expensive and they'd rather not spend it on uh, you know talking about the lives of poor poor migrants um 
Um, so initially there was shock and dismay and despair amongst everyone, you know, uh, whether it was uh, people around us or, or the Twitterati's, you know, people on Facebook, whatnot. Um, uh, that that uh, on the plight of uh, uh, the teeming millions who were sort of walking back. However, it soon um, faded away. And even though people were still criticizing the government, uh, expecting the government to do, um, uh, you know, uh, a quick fix or bring about a quick fix solution to the problem, uh, I wanted to ask most people around, what are you doing uh, in this pandemic? You know, what is it that you are doing? And as uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, one of life's most persistent and urgent questions is what are you doing for others? Uh, of course, we have to ask that question uh, from our governments, but we also have to ask that question to ourselves and to those around us because there is great power in individual kindness and compassion and individual outreach uh, to people. Um, so I think the hope really came from that individual outreach. Um, of course, the government uh, many days later came out with a with an economic stimulus package, you know, providing uh, the necessary uh, food packets um, and other things uh, for um, uh, the poor. But that was certainly not uh, adequate. However, I was um, uh, compelled to uh, write a piece, uh, an article that I wrote during the pandemic was titled, Do You Have Ubuntu? Uh, you know, now uh, Ubuntu is um, an idea that was, that it was popularized by Desmond Tutu uh, in his book, uh, God Has a Dream. And Ubuntu really is this uh, attribute of, you know, someone who has Ubuntu is someone who is uh, generous, uh, someone who's compassionate, someone who's warm, someone who's willing to share and care and go the extra mile for other people. And what Desmond Tutu said was that, you know, so if I were to say that Athar, you have Ubuntu or Abhay and Eli, you have Ubuntu, it was high praise in the traditional African uh, worldview because if you had Ubuntu, then you really understood that a human being requires another human being to to survive, to live, to thrive uh, even, you know. When, when we were born, we didn't even know how to eat, how to sit, how to wear clothes, how to walk, how to crawl, you know. We needed our parents, our mothers, uh, you know, our, our siblings, grandparents, you know, the, it takes, a, takes a, um, a village to raise a person. We needed all these people around us and, and, and it continues, uh, you know. We all live in webs of uh, loving mutuality and interdependence um, and and uh, I think uh, that's what really signifies Ubuntu so uh, it, it translates into I am because we are the recognition that I am human in your presence and you are human in my uh, presence and therefore we are tied together uh, like you said earlier on you know people don't have to know me or know you but we are human beings and that in itself uh, is a connection um, so uh, I think the, the, when you understand Ubuntu what it really means is uh, what Desmond Tutu spoke about was that you know in an African village if the local chief 
um, someone who was called the local chief, if he had a lot of, um, say, cattle and oxen and land and, and you know, a big house, uh, but if he didn't have Ubuntu, he was a lesser mortal, you know, he was sort of subhuman. So, and me- meaning, even if he had the designation of a local chief, and, and if, you, um, if you were to uh, understand its relevance in our lives, you know, um, you and I could have studied um, at the best universities, had the best qualifications, gone to the best schools. Tomorrow we'll have a fancy title, uh, you know, to our name, probably earning a seven or an eight figure salary uh but if we don't have ubuntu and if we are not uh, uh people who are willing to be generous and thoughtful about others uh, and reaching out to others very consciously uh then in desmond tutu's words we are subhuman uh so um i think um, uh, uh, that that's really the idea of ubuntu i'm happy to elaborate but if you have any other questions um uh, you know, I'd be happy to take them on. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's. It, we've seen so much during this pandemic. I mean, the twenty twenty is the year that never ends, and uh, we've seen already. We've seen some horrible things. We've seen governments failing to take action. We've seen people being left behind. But as you bring up, we've also seen a lot of people come together support one another and showcase that Ubuntu that you talk about. So moving forward now, considering everything that's already happened in India and the world throughout this pandemic, do you have hope? Do you have hope that (laughs) things are going to get better for your personal life, for society around you? And do you think that there is a reason to be hopeful for everything that is to come? And to add to that, if I may, how do we kindle Ubuntu? How do we foster Ubuntu uh, as a central tenet of life? Okay, great. Uh, I mean, your questions are, uh, you know, definitely related um, and very good questions. I uh, uh, definitely have hope, uh, you know, um, there's a um, there's a line that uh, uh, you know I keep uh, reiterating, and uh, my husband and I keep reiterating to each other, saying that hope never fails, uh, you know, and um, I think we do have hope, and the hope resides in um, the idea of Ubuntu because each of us is capable of unleashing our innate ubuntu um, you know during this pandemic and and even as we talk and that's where uh, my hope uh, comes from because if you have ubuntu you will realize that there are people around you who are suffering there are mouths around you that you can help feed um, there are situations around you that you, with your intervention can get better um, if you are um, uh, you know living in a society where there are uh, guards and there are domestic helps and drivers and gardeners um, what can stop us from cooking extra meals for them you know what can stop us from um, 
uh, transferring uh, a certain amount that can sustain them? What can stop us from buying extra food kits and vegetable packets and toiletries um, and the rations that they require? If, if each of us can commit to, say, supporting two families or three families and, and for people who can do much more than that, you know, supporting those many families, we are creating circles of Ubuntu um, in and around us, uh, you know, and, and that's really where uh, my hope comes from. And, and it's not just about supporting uh, uh, those uh, who are going hungry. It's also about being mindful and, and uh, thoughtful uh, towards others. If you have a friend uh, or if you have uh, someone in the family or, or a friend circle who has lost his or her job, um, reach out to that person. I'm sure that it, it isn't a great place for that person to be. Reach out to that person, talk to them. You know, if you have grandparents who are uh, lonely or alone, you know, pick up the phone and, and call them. You know, if you have friends uh, who need an encouragement and cheering and are feeling the blues, um, take time to consciously uh, connect with them because uh, generosity is not about material resources, it's also about your quality time and, and your thoughtfulness towards another person and you do, I'm sure you've heard um, that mental health is a serious concern during this uh, pandemic because so many people are not used to being at home they are used to running on the treadmill of life uh, you know hopping from one place to another going to work coming back it's they were in a routine that routine got busted and uh, now uh, they are unable to cope with uh, uh, the changes uh, some of us are naturally more resilient uh, but others are not and that does not mean that we are in a position to to judge them uh, so we might as well reach out to them assure them that uh, you know there is hope uh, on the other side uh, of it so I would uh, certainly encourage uh, each of us to reach out to the people who are around us you can make a difference where you are you don't have to travel to another country now you anyway cannot uh, you know you don't have to travel to another place far off to help someone in need there is there is need and suffering around you we only have to look up um, uh, and and uh, heed uh, that suffering and and I, I think one of the uh, points that I do want to make is we prevent our Ubuntu from coming out or 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 being active and alive um, by by staying in a me first self focused mode you know it's about my life my career my my work my job uh, my income my family and that prevents us from thinking of other people in the world as our family as Desmond Tutu would like us to think you know he he asked a very pertinent question which I talk about in my piece he said that are we going to allow members of our family, you know, our brothers and sisters to go, go hungry? Uh, uh, are we going to allow them to sleep uh, without, uh, you know, a good meal uh, in their stomachs? And, and the answer is no. So why can we not uh, fashion the same kind of uh, compassion and understanding towards um, uh, those around us uh, who we are not directly, uh, you know, uh, related to? Uh, so we prevent Ubuntu, our own Ubuntu, by um, 
being consumed with our own life and our own worries and fueling our own dreams and aspirations um, at the cost of an opportunity that is lying right in front of our in front of us and that opportunity is um asking us to uh serve others uh you know and and i think it's also that that service oriented leadership in the world is the kind of leadership that we want to see and these are not going to be leaders who are the so called leaders that we know but each of us uh can be that uh leader with uh, uh you know his or her ubuntu um uh unleashed and and creating uh, circles of empathy and kindness uh wherever we go wow i think i i resonate with that so much because that speaks to this idea of having this collective responsibility for those around us not because we can and not because we should but rather because we must um because we ourselves thrive on that and it's only fair um the system only works when everybody engages with that um yes whether it be on a personal level on a micro level or on a more global macro level um and i think that's very important for us to assimilate within ourselves whenever we take up any task um and on that note of collective responsibility i think it's only fair that we invite our friend eli back into the conversation and let's see what he has to say uh, hi everybody thank you um this has been a very fun conversation to listen into and i actually want to to poke in on something that both of you just mentioned um what i find really interesting about this conversation is is that divide between the the macro level and the micro level and so you talked at the beginning of this conversation a lot about how we saw changes in the gender dynamic in India and how inequality was on full display and and that led to a brighter spotlight especially on disadvantaged people and i think that there's been great you know as you say there's been some great societal um shifts like that that have been really powerful but i also like that you're pointing out the the propensity for individuals to create change you know you talk about individual outreach and and ubuntu um one of the things i've been thinking about especially as we've been doing this podcast and i'm sure you have in in the work you've been doing and the outreach you've been doing with individuals and with groups is this idea that nowadays it's there's a lot of value seen in writing letters or protesting or making big speeches which not everyone has the platform to do some of those actions are are very accessible to all people but not all of them and then even on the level of conversation i think about a podcast like this where we're having a conversation about important issues but the idea is that it's important because it's recorded and because it's going to be distributed to the masses mm-hmm. you know because we have a massive fan base as we all know um <laughs> and i'm just i'm just <laughs> slowly slowly i'm just i'm just thinking about whether on when it comes to what you've been talking about about the individual's ability to create change is it actually possible nowadays to have a conversation one on one with a single person that isn't recorded that doesn't have a greater purpose and for that to be important uh uh eli thank uh welcome uh Take to you. your own uh, uh you know with your podcast uh, and uh i think uh, you've asked a very interesting question and uh, the answer is yes 
um, and I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, what I'm saying is not just what I'm preaching. You know, it is because I practice it that I'm so passionate about it. And uh, uh, my husband and I have been very consciously reaching out to people around us. And, um, you know, the other day we saw this news item about a couple and what they are doing and so on and so forth. And, you know, I don't think that doing something for someone um, should be done for the sake of self-glorification. And you are so right that whether it's organizations or individuals or governments, uh, you know, they're tweeting about it, uh, they are posting about it on Facebook, they are writing about it in, uh, you know, print media. And and unless that happens, um, it is as though the outreach doesn't make sense and and should not be done because you want to be in the spotlight for serving others whereas um so there's a beautiful uh you know uh, verse in in the bible that says that don't let um your one hand know what your other hand is doing and do it in secret uh you know don't let one hand know what the other hand is doing and and um and your father in heaven will bless you so so i think the divine powers that we believe in uh and 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 i'll tell you another thing there's another verse that says kindness your kindness your love your generosity towards the poor is a loan to god and he will reward the lender. Now that idea I find just beautiful because you know it's like you're in conversation if you believe in God then you're in conversation with him you know that outreach to someone who is in need is God's purpose for you. If you don't believe in God then you're accountable to yourself as a human being who's seeing suffering around himself or herself and and what are we doing about it? Uh you know so um I think there is tremendous value in individual uh, uh, kindness and outreach and compassion. And there are many individuals around us who are engaged in it. They are not people who are doing this for the glory, for, for self-glory uh, and for name or fame um, uh, and to become popular, but are doing it because they are uh, who I call um, servant leaders. You know, these are not people seeking to be served themselves. These are people who are out there and and serving others i have i know scores of examples of people who are uh feeding um you know uh, dogs and birds and 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 human beings around us and and doing it so beautifully and consistently and day after day and these are the invisible corona warrior warriors all around us um mm-hmm. uh, i i think uh, uh, there's enormous hope uh, in that kind of action one of the f- fine examples that I I want to uh, give you because you know I was so touched uh, by this uh, gesture Um, as a result of us helping out our uh, gardener you know now here's a person um, who is struggling to survive himself and with a little aid from us it gave him so much joy that he returned the next day with a bag full of uh, fruits and fresh mint leaves that he cut out from wherever he works, and uh, and my and my husband and I looked at each other and thought, well, gratitude, you know, 
gratitude in this person's heart I and mean, we were so overwhelmed by his gesture that while he does not have plenty he was wanted to come and share something with us um and i and he didn't stop uh, the the next day he came back the third day and brought something with him and i said please don't bring anything because i'd like you to uh you know keep it for yourself but just to let you know that you know um uh I think he's a phenomenal person and let me tell you in this lockdown when people have been uh, a lot of people who've been at each other's throats because they can't bear to live with each other my gardener is a real hero because he's someone who I think he has a family of four or five individuals but his but one of his nephews and his nieces got stuck at his place during the lockdown so he was feeding about nine mouths during the lockdown without a single complaint uh, you know from his mouth he never asked for help and and that's what i mean by ubuntu you know there are people around us he has a great deal of pride uh, in him and he never said that i need help but when we inquired about his situation we realized that that's a lot of mouths to feed uh, uh, you know during a lockdown and were able to assist him uh, but people like us who are privileged have been complaining about how uh the pandemic has upset our cart and turned our world upside down and we our travel plans are busted and uh, you know our work plans have been disrupted but um i think change uh, is the only new normal even after a few months change is still going to be the new normal so the sooner we realize that uh, um uh, you know the the faster we'll uh, adapt to um you know a pandemic like this so i hope that i've uh, answered your question oh absolutely and, and i love what you were saying at the beginning about this idea that whatever belief system you ascribe to fundamentally we we can have faith that people are generous and are trying to do things yeah. for others my the thing that i'm curious about is is in that story about the gardener you know aside from a, clearly a kind of fundamental desire to be generous and to to see someone else thrive and to do something kind for another person i wonder with the distance that we're all experiencing if the fact that the our observation of people's gratitude and of when we do something great the satisfaction of seeing someone appreciate that act you know i know that there's there's plenty of different camps of people and there's certainly the camps of people who say that we only do things selfishly even if that mm-hmm. selfishness is the selfishness of wanting to see someone be grateful for something you do mm-hmm. and you know whether you believe that or not the the idea that a lot of what we do is bolstered by the fact that we know that we can see the the impact of our actions mm-hmm. and so in a time and space where we can't as easily see the impact of the good things we're doing do we still have the motivation to do those good things if if the reward isn't as clear absolutely i think that ours is to do and um uh forget about um what impact it is creating how deep that impact is but if you are driven to reach out to more and more families who are genuinely in need uh then then that's your work and and it really stops at you reaching out to that person and trying to alleviate that person's uh uh you know situation or or plight uh but 
you know, um, it, this is a very interesting question because a lot of the development sector today is um, bent on um, detail mapping the impact of their actions. You know, uh, today, if, if a project uh, in the development world cannot show the impact that it is happening, then perhaps future funding does not uh, come, you know, and, and I've been critical uh, of that because a lot of organizations struggle to document that kind of impact that their work definitely has and because they struggle to document that kind of work uh, because a lot of them are reaching out to individuals in far-flung remote areas um, and you cannot always document that work but I think that if if you are um, uh, you know a, a grant maker a donor um, and you have a robust proposal in front of you and you know that uh, this you know this is well thought through this is going to reach out to people then I think that you have to go with uh, a basic uh, uh, level of trust, uh, which is not to say that you should not have any accountability measures. Nobody is saying that, you know, you uh, dole out your money without uh, any kind of accountability measure uh, built in. But let us also um, not... Um, tie tie up uh, or entangle reaching out to to someone with a definite reward reaching out in itself is an act that will be mm -hmm. rewarded uh, you mm -hmm. know so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that's that, that's a very noble idea because um, it almost puts the onus on the act and the process itself rather than any kind of result or reward that yeah. stems from it and I think that is an idea that we can inculcate, not just with this, but in every aspect of our lives where there are factors beyond our control. So the only thing that we can do from our side is act on our own, mm -hmm. in our capacity, with our resources, in our circumstances, and then just let the rest to, if you believe in God, thank God, if you believe in any other higher power than that, and if not, then just in yourself, keeping in mind that you did whatever you could do. And I, from what I understand, that is the core of Ubuntu, where you're doing whatever you can for the communities and the people around you within your capacity, which is why everybody can do their best and should do their best. And they, there's no comparison to the time we're all doing what we can um, to make the communities that we live in and the people that we live with um, yeah. happier um, and more prosperous and just more understanding and empathetic of each other which is what we hope um, to be doing uh, especially in this pandemic when hope, empathy, optimism uh, and love for one another and for the creator community that we belong to is needed more than ever and I think those are all things that everybody should try and inculcate within their lives. Yeah. Sure. Can I come in here with a few thoughts? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and I think one of the things that I wanted to say was that, you know, while uh, it has been heartbreaking to see the kind of indifference that we've seen um, all around, there are also uh, islands of uh, great hope because uh, we've reached out to uh, people, uh, you know, very uh, consciously um, to 
to help uh, with fundraising and uh, as individuals and I'm talking about as individuals and people who uh, know us who trust us um, have really uh, come forward in a in a generous manner you know you don't have to tell them what the reward is you don't have to tell them uh, how we are going to go about it all we said to them was there is great need and can you help uh, you know and and so for students like yourselves and your friends and uh, you know even uh, individuals like myself there there is great hope in in uh, actions that and, and and remember empathy starts with a thought but it has to result in an action uh, empathy is an action uh, and and you know we we must uh, believe in that and uh, you know go out there fundraise um, learn about the need in your area tie up with your university your universities you know supporting this initiative and that's uh, really kudos um, to them and I, I and I'm sure that if you all decide to come together and harvest that collective uh, Ubuntu uh, you know that you already harvested for this uh, uh, podcast series then I'm I'm pretty sure that you can you can make some uh, uh, excellent outreach work uh, happen and 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 I think the other thing that I really wanted to mention was We've always been asked to, uh, uh, I think Atharv knows these uh, particular themes, we've been asked to be a go-getter, like I said, the me first mentality, go get, go getter, uh, you know, um, doing the next thing in our lives, um, um, you know, chasing after the goals and dreams that, that we have, but, but this pandemic really asks us to pause and be a go-giver instead you know it's it's time for us to to be go-givers and and keep giving um uh you know uh, till your heart's uh, uh content um really and i would say that uh, i must congratulate you on the name of uh, you know this uh video podcast different uh, boat same storm and i must say that the nature of the storm has changed or thickened rather from a from a health emergency to um, you know an economic emergency to a, a humanitarian crisis um, but um, if you were to find uh, Ubuntu uh, in the very name of your podcast series, uh, you would have to realize that some of us are in boats that are the size of yachts or ships. They are very secure. Uh, they have food provisioning, um, you know, safe drinking water. You have a nice umbrella, you know, you can sit out. Uh, and those boats are not going to sink anytime soon. But as long as we are conscious that there are boats out there that are falling apart uh, and that maybe we could steer our yacht or our ship towards those boats and, and you know, uh, help them uh, uh, stay afloat, uh, that is going to uh, get us all through uh, this storm. And, you know, that's, that's really uh, Ubuntu. And I don't know if you know the story behind uh, Ubuntu, the word. I'll be happy to share if you're uh, interested. Uh, I Please, think yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to hear. No, I know. Okay. I'm literally thinking, like, what is it? <laughs> okay, so... Uh, the story goes like this and you can even read it um, you know on the net later there are multiple versions of, of the story um, there was an anthropologist uh, studying a particular community in, in Africa and after he was done with his study he left a uh, 
um, but as a parting uh, gift, he left a basket of uh, you know fruits and sweets under a tree. And he wanted the uh, kids from that neighborhood to go grab that uh, hamper, you know, that, that basket. So he told them, he said, be ready in a line. And when I say go, the first one to grab that basket wins the basket, you know. And when he said go, the kids instinctively held each other's hands and ran towards the basket together. When they reached the tree, they sat around that basket and shared the goodness of that basket together. And when the anthropologist asked, uh, you know, this little girl, um, why did you do that? Uh, you know, why did you all run together? I told you only, you know, one person could win the basket. She said, how can one of us be happy if the rest of us are sad? And that is what Desmond Tutu um, described as the philosophy uh, behind Ubuntu, which is that I am because we are. And um, that's what common humanity uh, and uh, is. And I hope that the, the post-COVID world or during COVID world leads us towards the creation of uh, more empathetic, and more compassionate uh, societies, and each of us has uh, an enormous role to play. Wow. Thank you. Like, thank you, Agirma, for this amazing conversation <laughs> where we've talked about everything from the very disproportionate impacts of the pandemic in India and how beyond being a health and economic crisis, this really is a humanitarian crisis. And mm -hmm. as you beautifully put it, uh, while some people are in the thick of this heightening storm and it's getting worse day by day other people are in yachts and have the ability to help while there are certainly government actions and policy changes that need to be made it is up to us as individuals to take personal responsibility and work towards creating a society where we care for one another and where we actively serve and help other people uh, you mentioned that that spirit of virtuousness that yes. humility that is Ubuntu, caring for one another, working together and creating the society we want to see. On behalf of Atarv, Eli and I, uh, we are so <laughs> honored to have you on the show. We're so grateful and thank you so much. Thank you to all three of you and uh, I hope that you unleash your Ubuntu starting now and um, uh, you know excellent uh, initiative once again and uh, all the very best and thank you very much uh, to all three of you uh, for having me. Thank you so thank much ma'am. Thank you. Um, this was our third episode of Different Boats Same Storm, a video podcast aimed at kindling empathy amidst a global pandemic and we hope to see you next week. Um, the different guests in a different boat, but in the same storm. Thank you.